Welcome to Second Chances, the Persuasion Podcast. My name is Tom. I'm Grace. And we're going through Jane Austen's Persuasion, chapter by chapter. And today we are doing Volume 2, Chapter 7. But Grace, will you give us a quick recap of the previous chapter first? Alright, so, as we all remember, Anne is still living in Bath with Sir Walter and Elizabeth, getting a little antsy because there's been no word of what has happened to the upper cross folks that we left at Lyme so many chapters ago. And uh, we finally get a letter, a long-awaited letter from Mary Musgrove, um, who tells Anne, first of all, that she has been very ill-used, <laughs> most importantly. But secondly, oh, that also she would also like to be invited to hang out mm-hmm. with the cool people at Bath. Must be um, having so much. I know you don't care about my letters at all. You have so much fun in Bath, right? But the most important thing we learned from Mary after much, uh, much writing about her own sufferings is that Louisa is now engaged to Captain Bennick. Mm, shocker. Shocker. Um, and so, yeah, that's, and which renders Captain Wentworth a free agent <laughs> ready to mingle uh, unshackled and free <laughs> um we also learned that the crofts have also arrived in bath because the admiral is a bit gouty and we know the hot springs are good for that mm-hmm. um we Anne is wondering what the now relationship is between bennick and wentworth because um we kind of remember that Wentworth was basically engaged to Louisa, and now all of a sudden she is actually engaged to Bennick. So are, are these boys friends, or is there any bad blood between them? And then she bumps into Admiral Croft to suss out that situation, and the Admiral is very um, very cer- sure that there is no bad blood between these two BFFs, and that Wentworth gives his wholehearted cons- consent or um, blessing for Bennick and Louisa. And Anne almost doesn't believe it, but she doesn't really have any other um, evidence <laughs> against that. Um, and then we leave off in quite a bit of a um, uh, a cliffhanger, which is Admiral Croft positing um, the suggestion that maybe we should bring Wentworth to Bath, because certainly there are eligible ladies at Bath, aren't there? <laughs> and that's where we leave off in Chapter 6. So Tom, why don't you give us... A brief summary of chapter seven. All right. Well, little to Mr. Croft's knowledge, he didn't even need to uh, be planning to get Wentworth to come because Wentworth was coming already. And this chapter starts where Mr. Elliot, Elizabeth, Mrs. Clay, and Anne are all taking a walk down the fashionable Milsom Street when it should start to rain. And conveniently, Lady Dalrymple's carriage is close by. So, uh, there's a lot of, like, business that goes on, but Mr. Elliot basically arranges for Elizabeth and Mrs. Clay to get in the carriage, and then Anne and him are going to keep walking, and while Elizabeth, Mrs. Clay, and Anne are all waiting in this, like, coffee shop of sorts for the carriage to arrive, who should be coming down the street but Wentworth, and Anne sees him first... And is able to get, you know, clearly very shocked by this. Uh, And then Wentworth comes into the cafe and is just as shocked to see Anne. They talk a little bit. Uh, They're both, like, you know, blushing up a storm, I guess. (laughs) Uh, Elizabeth sees Wentworth and very uh, noticeably cuts him. Like, does not interact with Wentworth at all. 
Then Mr. Elliot comes back, and Anne and Mr. Elliot walk on together, and Anne is thinking about Wentworth, and she's like, I'm not looking forward to when Lady Russell discovers Wentworth, because of course we're going to see him, because everyone sees everyone in Bath, right? And the next day, Anne and Lady Russell are having a walk, and here comes Wentworth again, and Lady Russell is like staring right at his direction, and Anne is freaking out inside. And then after they pass, Lady Russell's like, you must be uh, wondering what I was looking at. I was just uh, staring at some... I, w I was looking for some nice curtains that someone told me was around here, but I couldn't find them. Uh, and then Anne's kind of relieved, like, oh, this happened and there's no incident. And then the chapter closes talking about a concert that's going to be held at, like, for Lady Dalrymple's benefit, basically. And she knows Wentworth is going to be there because he's a great lover of music. Mm -hmm. Um... Oh, and then at the very end of the chapter, Anne has to, like, uh, tell Mrs. Smith that she can't make their previously arranged uh, meeting because she's going to go to this concert. And Mrs. Smith, like, essentially winks at her and says something very enigmatic sounding about, like, you know, I know you won't be having time for many more visits soon, wink, wink. Mm-hmm. And we'll see why. <laughs> okay. All right, all right, all right. Um, so let's just get into it. Okay. You want to start reading? Okay. Chapter 7. While Admiral Croft was taking his walk with Anne and expressing his wish of getting Captain Wentworth to Bath, from last chapter, mm -hmm. Captain Wentworth was already on his way thither. Before Mrs. Croft had written, he was arrived, and the very next time Anne walked out, she saw him. Coincidentally, Wentworth is just, like, on his way already. I can only imagine, like, as soon as Wentworth heard the news about Bennick and Louisa, he was like, thank God. Goodness, and then he, he rode the first, took the first horse out <laughs> of Dodge and came to Bath. Uh -huh. Now I can go to Bath to do, we can only, we can only imagine why he's going straight to Bath. Mm -hmm. Mr. Elliot was attending his two cousins and Mrs. Clay. Mm -hmm. So that's Anne, Elizabeth, and Mrs. Clay. They were in Milsom Street. It began to rain, not much to make shelter desire, oh sorry, not much, but enough to make shelter desirable for women, mm -hmm. and quite enough to make it very desirable for Miss Elliot, that's Elizabeth, yeah. to have the advantage of being conveyed home in Lady Dalrymple's carriage, which was seen waiting at a little distance. Yep, so Milson Street, like a popular, fashionable shopping street, right? Mm -hmm. We can, there's out, like, looking at the windows or whatever, and starts to rain, and Elizabeth's like, this is perfect, because I see Lady Dalrymple's carriage, right? Yeah, I'm sure it's, it's very funny. It's like, um, which was seen waiting a little distance. It's the passive voice there, but it's mm -hmm. like, who would have clocked that into their brain, seeing Lady Dalrymple's carriage? Definitely Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. So, like, the rain gives Elizabeth the perfect excuse to be like, hey, Lady Dalrymple, let me ride in your carriage. And why do you think, other than just, like, the proximity to the Dalrymples, why is that advantageous for Elizabeth? Well, because she wants everyone else to see that she is in Lady Dalrymple's favor, to the point where Lady Dalrymple would even have Elizabeth in her carriage. He's, like, giving her rides. I think it's more about, like you said, the being seen in the carriage than anything else that Elizabeth wants, right? Mm -hmm. She, Elizabeth, Anne, and Mrs. Clay, therefore, turned into Mullins, while Mr. Elliot stepped to Lady Dalrymple to request her assistance. Okay, and what is Mullins, Grace? Uh, Mullins is, like, um... What is it? It's like a confectionery store. It's like a dessert shop. And it's a real, it was a real place yeah. at Austin's time, right? Mm -hmm. It's so specific. Yeah, so this is, it's like the equivalent of saying, you know, a, 
I don't know, to just, like, name drop, like, a famous coffee shop or something. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. and then we walked into a Starbucks or uh-huh. something. But more specific but, than Starbucks, But, like, even. yeah, yeah, more yeah. prestigious uh-huh. than right, a Starbucks. Right. We walked into a... I don't a Magnolia Bakery. <laughs> <I guess. laughs> something like yeah, that, yeah. 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 Um, okay. Why, okay, well, Mr. Yes, to, to, mm-hmm. he soon joined them again. Successful, of course. Lady Dalrymple would be most happy to take them home and would call for them in a few minutes. Right. All right, so here's what's happening. Okay, so Mr. Elliot, Anne, Elizabeth, and Mrs. Clay are walking around Bath. Mm-hmm. It begins to rain. Yeah. And un- unbeknownst, really, I think, to every- anyone else, Elizabeth remembers. I'm just going to say it's Elizabeth. Elizabeth recalls seeing Lady Dalrymple's carriage, like, parked somewhere around them. Mm-hmm. And so this rain is the perfect opportunity for them to get a ride home from Lady Dalrymple so that they can, or Elizabeth can be seen riding in Lady Dalrymple's carriage. Um, while it's raining, they duck into Mollins for cover, mm-hmm. and then Mr. Elliot steps out to go find Lady Dalrymple and ask for her assistance right. to success, because uh-huh. he's a very charming young man. Of course, yeah, of course he's going to succeed in this task. That's what Mr. Elliot is for. What for? For, like, arranging these little favors or whatever. Oh, yeah. Like, if you need some, like, I don't know, you want to ride in Mrs. Dalrymple's carriage? Lady Dalrymple, I'm sorry. Lady Dalrymple's carriage. Send Mr. Elliot to make this happen, right? That's right. No, she's the Viscountess, Lady Dal- Dalrymple. All right, sorry. The I keep... Dowager Viscountess, Damn, Lady Dalrymple. <laughs> um, this is why I will never make it in society. <laughs> yeah, no one can refuse Mr. Elliot's charms. And I'm the man with the golden tongue. <laughs> and it's a success, and uh-huh. he... And then they're waiting at Mullins and then uh, waiting for the car- carriage to arrive. Yeah, yeah. Her ladyship's carriage was a barouche and did not hold more than four with any comfort. Miss Carteret was with her mother. Consequently, it was not reasonable to expect accommodation for all the three Camden Place ladies. Mm-hmm. Because, okay, this this hot rod of, can only sit four people and two seats are already filled mm-hmm. by Lady Dalrymple and her daughter Miss Carteret right. which means there's only two hot ticket hot, hot ticket seats left one of these three ladies is going to be excluded right? exactly yeah, yeah. Um, there could be no doubt as to Miss Elliot right. <laughs> so Elizabeth's like I call dibs Whoever suffered inconvenience, she must she must suffer none. That's a great... I feel like that really sums up Elizabeth's way of thinking, right? Yeah. Whoever suffered inconvenience, Elizabeth must suffer none. Uh-huh. But it occupied a little time to settle the point of civility between the other two. Mm-hmm. So everyone's like, yes, we know, Elizabeth. You're, you're going to get on the no carriage. No, <laughs> yeah. Elizabeth also doesn't... You know, she's not going to play this game of, like, who's most civil. It's just like, I'm, I arranged this. I'm the one who's obviously going to ride, right? The rain was a mere trifle, and Anne was most sincere in preferring a walk with Mr. Elliot. Mm-hmm. But the rain was also a mere trifle to Mrs. Clay. She would hardly allow it even to drop at all, <laughs> and her boots were so thick, much thicker than Miss Anne's. And in short, her civility rendered her quite as anxious to be left to walk with Mr. Elliot as Anne could be. <laughs> and it was discussed between them with a generosity so polite and so determined that the others were obliged to settle it for them. Mm-hmm. It's like they're having a polite off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Miss Elliot Elizabeth maintaining that Mrs. Clay had a little cold already, and Mr. Elliot deciding on appeal that his cousin Anne's boots were rather the thickest. Okay. 
Yeah, so they're having a little polite off, right? Oh, no, you take the carriage. I love walking in the rain. It's like, you take the carriage. To me, this isn't even rain at all. That's what Mrs. Clay is saying, basically, right? Yeah, yeah. she would hardly even allow it to drop it <laughs> at all. I love that. Uh, and in the end, they have to, the other two decide for them. I think Miss Miss uh, Elliot, a.k.a. Elizabeth, saying that Miss Clay, Mrs. Clay is a little cold. Obviously, she wants Mrs. Clay with mm-hmm. her over Anne, right? Yeah. And then why do you think Mr. Elliot might... Uh, want to walk with Anne over Miss Clay, Mrs. Clay here. Well, because he has been carrying on kind of a flirtation with Anne. More more time to flirt, right? Especially, like, one-on-one. That's right. It was fixed accordingly that Mrs. Clay should be of the party in the carriage, and they had just reached this point when Anne, as she sat near the window, descried, most decidedly and distinctly, Captain Wentworth walking down the street. Mm-hmm. The window of Mullins, that is. They're still in the shop. Yeah. So they're having this, like, little, um, I don't know, argument about who's going to get on the carriage and then finally settle. Mrs. Clay was going to get on the carriage because she's already a little bit sick and Anne's boots were thicker. Um, and then as all of this has finally been com- coming to a close, uh, Anne kind of looks out the window and who else could she possibly be seeing but Captain Wentworth. Captain Wentworth, yes. And she has no idea that he's in town. That's right, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Last time we heard of him was um, the Admiral saying, we should invite him to town. Yeah, that's a big difference then. He, he's here already, right? Her, her start, Anne's start, mm-hmm. was perceptible only to herself. But she instantly felt that she was the greatest simpleton in the world, the most unaccountable and absurd. Mm-hmm. For a few minutes, she saw nothing before her. It was all confusion. She was lost. Mm-hmm. And when she had scolded back her senses, she found the others still waiting for the carriage. And Mr. Elliot, always obliging, in parentheses, uh-huh. just setting off for Union Street on a commission of Mrs. Clay's. Right. So I like to imagine this like as if we were watching a play. Like she sees Wentworth and then the rest of the stage goes dark, right? Mm. And it's just a spotlight on herself, like thinking, kind of. I feel like that's what's happening in this moment, right? Yeah, yeah. She just gets lost in her own brain and forgets about everything that's going on around her, right? Mm-hmm. Because she saw him and then for a few a few more minutes and then she like doesn't see him anymore. She's like I think in this moment she's like... Well, she sees nothing before yeah. her. Yeah, yeah, So I'm, she's probably in her head like, am I hallucinating? Yeah, right, right. Uh, well, okay, so it says, but she instantly felt that she was the greatest simpleton in the world, the most unaccountable and absurd. Well, why is that? Why does she feel herself like a simpleton and absurd and unaccountable? Well, because she's trying not to like, you know, let her emotions get away from her. But then mm. like, as soon as she sees this, you know surprise Wentworth she's like completely at a loss for words like she can't function properly right she's acting kind of like um like a like a romantic heroine yeah yeah which is like the most insensible person (laughs) that anyone can be well she's been trying this whole book to convince herself that Wentworth doesn't love me anymore there's no chance between me and Wentworth right Mm -hmm. and they even get to a point where they can have like conversation again and now here she is seeing him after an absence, and it's like that all that work has gone down the drain, right? Mm-hmm. Like, here I am, like, in basically in the throes of a swoon just by seeing him, and, like, that's ridiculous because, as I've told myself so many times, this is never happening, right? That's right. I am over him. <laughs> uh-huh. Except, like, when I see him, I, you know, I, I lose, like, a sense of the world around me and, like, fall into, like, a reverie, right? That's right. Truly, like, the world doesn't exist, to her when he is in the room so like this is gonna in the next page or so this dichotomy is gonna be like uh, explored a lot the part of Anne 
which she's gonna call the sensible part, which is the part of her that wants to is trying is like saying it's over between me and Wentworth. He's nothing to me, and I'm nothing to him, right? Right. And the part of her that is like still madly in love with Wentworth, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're gonna get to see that in action. Mm-hmm. This this turmoil. Okay. Here, I'll keep reading. Well, okay, and anyway, when she comes back to consciousness, when she re-remembers her surroundings, she finds that she's still there, (laughs) Elizabeth and Mrs. Clare with her waiting for the carriage, and Mr. Elliot has just set off on a commission of Mrs. Clay's, whatever that may be. Yeah, probably she wanted to go buy something, and because it's raining, she couldn't, so she sent him off before she would get carried off. Mrs. Clay has sent Mr. Elliot out on some errand. Convenient for us, so, because we don't want him around when Wilmer shows up. That's right. Anne now felt a great inclination to go to the outer door. She wanted to see if it rained. Why was, she su- why was she to suspect herself of another motive? Captain Wentworth must be out of sight. She left her seat. She would go. One half of her should not be always so much wiser than the other half, always suspecting the other of being worse than it was. Okay, so Anne's like, I want to go... Now I want to go to the outer door. Like, I want to go, like, look outside, basically, right? Right. And Anne is, like, saying, I just want to see if it's still raining, right? <laughs> that, mm-hmm. That's what she states in her head. Well, yeah, yeah I love this. Uh, she now felt a great inclination uh, to go yeah. to the outer door. She wanted to see if it rained. Right. <laughs> and, but that doesn't even... She's like, I want to. St- I just want to go look outside to see if it rains. But she doesn't even buy that explanation for one second. Mm-hmm. It's like, why was she to suspect herself of another motive, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, it is sort of like, we see, well, we're going to keep reading again, but, like, it's like she's talking to, she has this, like, these two, like, angel and devil on her shoulder. Mm -hmm. Like, one is saying, I'm just going to go look at the door. I'm just going to go to the door to see if it's raining. What other motive could I possibly have to go to the door? Uh, (laughs) Not having just seen Wentworth a second ago. Right. Right. Well, and then she's like, why should I have another motive? Wentworth, he's got to be out of sight. Like, he's probably passed by, right, and Mm -hmm. somewhere else. Okay, so, and then Anne decides, okay, I'm going to go. You know, I'm just going to see whether it's raining or not. And then it says this interesting phrase, one half of her should not be always so much wiser than the other half, always suspecting the other of being worse than it was. What does this mean? Okay, so here's where the two halves of her right, comes right. in. One half of her should not always be so much wiser than the other half. So, okay, we have one half that is supposedly wiser than the other half. The sensible, like, unemotional half, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That part um, versus the other half, which is emotional and right. um, driven by, like, her emotions. Let's call it, like, sense and sensibility. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, let's call it, like, logic and emotion, right? Mm-hmm. And logic says, I'm over Wentworth, and emotion is, like, not really saying anything, but, like, swooning when Wentworth passes by, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, 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 she has no words. Uh-huh. And this other half. Okay, so the half of the logic half should not be always so much wiser than the other half, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe the logic half doesn't always know. What's right? Maybe I just want to go look out the door, right? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And it, it's that gets further um, elaborated here with the, or always suspecting the other of being worse than it was. Uh-huh. So it's like this logical half is being like, all right, well, this is the, this is the half that you should be following, which is just, you know, I'm just going to go. Or, or rather, like, the logical half where it's like, you need to be over Wentworth. Logic is says, you're over Wentworth, then you must be, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the other half, of course, is like, I'm curious, like, I want to, 
like we know what she's going to, to the door to do she wants uh, to go see Wentworth is there that's right. the half that's actually propelling her here um emotion emotion right? yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah when it says here um uh one half of her should not always be so much wiser than the other half or always suspecting the other mm-hmm. of being worse than it was so it's it's it's, it's kind of complicated but yeah go ahead it's almost like this like drawn out kind of like metaphor of like this one <laughs> it's almost like a like a Gollum and Smeagol situation uh, yeah, yeah. where it's like one half of her is just like I'm just gonna go to the door it's raining but then like um that's like the you know sneaky part of her and the other part is like we know why you're going to the door you're going mm-hmm. to the door to see Wentworth but then Anne is like but then the other half is like I'm just gonna go see if it's raining uh-huh. like that's all what, what other motivation could there possibly be why are you always so, so suspicious of me like another way to put it even is like you know, the reasoning half versus, like, the intuitive half, you know? Or, mm. like, the the half that, like... The, like, naturally curious human half. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the ha- There's the half that, like, obsesses over everything or and, like, questions, like, I don't know, intuitions and, like, impulses. And then the other half that's just, like, I want to go look out the door. Like, why do I even need to, like, that's right, explain yes. it, right? Mm-hmm, yes. So I think it's like one half of her should not be always so much wiser than the other half. Like, do I always have to listen to the logic half? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, yeah. is the logic half always the right one? Exactly. And maybe the logic half should also not be always so suspecting of the emotional half, right? That's right, yeah. It's like, the ha- yeah. But of course it's funny because this is all kind of a moot point because we all know why she's actually going to see the door. <laughs> I think it's this is her, like... Uh, rationalizing mm-hmm. like the desire just to go look out the door, right? She's yeah. like, obviously she wants to look out the door to see if she can see Wentworth, but she is gonna rationalize it to herself by being like, I just want to see if it's raining, and do I always have to question that, you know? <laughs> do I always have to question my own motives? Exactly. Okay. <laughs> Let's continue. So, she gets up. She would see if it rained. She was sent back, however, in a moment by the entrance of Captain Wentworth himself, mm-hmm. among a party of gentlemen and ladies, evidently his acquaintance, and whom he must have joined a little below Milsom Street. So this is also a moot point, because she doesn't even reach the outer door to see if Wentworth's there. Wentworth just comes in himself, right? That's right. I imagine that's, like, the classic, like, um, rom-com scenario where, like, she, like, almost, like, bumps into his chest or something and gets, like, taken it back. It's like, ooh! That'd be great. Did they... Is this scene in the movie? It's in the movie, It is yeah. in the movie, okay. Mm-hmm. I, I guess my know. eyes were just glazed over <laughs> at this point. No, yeah, your mind just, um, went blank. Um, uh-huh. it's... It's kind of funny here. Wentworth is... It must be very, like, and kind of intimidating. Like, Wentworth is kind of, like, intimidating in that he always seems to be surrounded by, like, a group of people who just love him, uh, you know? I think he's, like, he's just a natural captain. People yeah. just, like, group around him and, like... I, I feel like in my head he would always... He's, like, the always, always the tallest person of, like, any party, kind of. Or, like, that's, like, how he acts, at least, and how people view him. Yeah, like, a second ago, we just saw him walking by himself down the street in the rain. Uh-huh. And then the next moment, he seems to have run into, Grouped like... all these acquaintances. Yeah, right? run into a group of friends, uh, and now yeah. they're all, like, seemingly happy to see him. Well, who else do we know that is very popular on the streets of Bath? Um... Who? The Crofts, the right? Crofts. Yeah, 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 that's right. So I guess it's a naval. <laughs> Maybe it's a naval thing. That's right. I almost forgot. Yeah, uh, Croft, Admiral Croft was walking around like he was like 
a beetle. Seeing like, yeah, oh, I know that guy, I know him. Okay, anyway, let's not talk about the crops right now. So, yeah, here's Wentworth. He comes right in the into the shop himself with all these acquaintance. He was obviously, oh, he was more obviously struck and confused by the sight of Anne than she had ever observed before. He looked quite red. For the first time since their renewed acquaintance, she felt that she was betraying the least sensibility of the two. She had the advantage of him in the preparation of the last few moments. <laughs> All the overpowering, blinding, bewildering first effects of strong surprise were over with her. Still, however, she had enough to feel. It was agitation, pain, pleasure. A something between delight and misery. What is that? That's, um, what's that word? Um, that feeling of, like, that is both somehow painful and, like, pleasure at the same time. You Love. Know <laughs> sure. <laughs> what am I thinking of? Like, um, ex like ecstasy, ecstasy or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, she is enraptured, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, but this is great. So, this is the, he is looking the most struck that she has seen him, basically since their acquaintance has been renewed. Maybe of all time, right? Mm -hmm. He is like, he sees Anne and he is clearly caught off guard. He is blushing up a storm, which is the opposite of the Wentworth we've seen up until this point. Like the always confident Wentworth, right? Yeah, he's like a, like a, what is it? Like deer in the headlight situation. Uh -huh. Like, and yeah, like it's funny because Anne did have like the few like moments of advantage over him because she knew for like 90 seconds longer than him she knew that he was in town mm. and i suspect well that okay my question is did he come to bath knowing Anne was in town that's a great question he uh, must have. i think he, i think that's fair to say yeah. well, we'll see throughout the course of this book but i think he is here for her mm. right he's like now i'm free i'm shackled yeah, and yeah, free yeah, yeah. um but i think this is like uh, there, this is a different kind of Wentworth, starting with Louisa's fall. It's a more humbled Wentworth. Yeah. And now we've seen this, like, now that we're past that, we've seen that it has kind of stayed with him. And, like, if anything, not only is this, like, the most struck Anne has ever seen Wentworth, but this is the first time in the book where we're seeing Anne, like, really has the upper hand on Wentworth here, right? That's right. Anne has more information about him than mm -hmm. he has on her. Right. Anne knows that he... Well, I know, first of all, that he kind of dodged a bullet by um, with Bennick yeah, getting engaged to Louisa. Mm -hmm. So she knows that he's single. <laughs> um, she knew yeah, that yeah. he was in town. She knew he's, like, yeah, like you said, maybe it was only 90 seconds, but she knew he was there first, and she had her moment to, like, steal herself a little bit, right? That's right, yeah. yeah. She had, yeah, she had better composure. Uh, a little bit better composure. Still, both were equally... Not equally, but both were very surprised to bump into each other at this uh, moment. But Anne at least knew there was the possibility of seeing him. Well, it says, for the first time since their renewed acquaintance, she felt that she was betraying the least sensibility of the two. She had the advantage of him. I feel like those are very mm. telling sentences, especially the it's, advantage it's, of him. Yeah, right? it's battle language. Well, it's great. It's like now she has the upper hand in this relationship. And, okay, I feel like I've... This is just like, I've spoiled the book already, so I'm just going to go ahead and no, say... No, 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 don't spoil the book. Book. Fine, but like this, the dynamic is totally different now. Like, Wentworth is here for Anne, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And whereas before, like, Anne was just trying to avoid Wentworth, I guess, and Wentworth is trying to pretend that she didn't exist, kind of. That's right, yeah. yeah. If anything, it's now everyone is 
converging on Anne. Uh, Anne has become, like we've been saying, the main character. Like, yeah, yeah. she is causing everyone, not maybe not causing, but like, almost in like a, like a, like a, like a, like a, like a god, in a kind of some sort of like godly, like fate, fateful way. She mm-hmm. has like got all of these characters, all of these players in this book to convene to her. Like she's in Bath, the Elliots are in Bath, uh-huh. the Crofts are in Bath, yeah, yeah. Lady Russell's in Bath, uh-huh. um, and so more people will come to Bath. Um, well, she's the heroine now. Yeah, this book. yeah. Like and like before, like people just wouldn't even notice her in a room, right? Mm-hmm. And now when you enter the room, Anne is the first person you look at. That's true, yeah. Especially for Wentworth. Oh, like, remember Wentworth. earlier in this book, Wentworth said Anne was so changed I hardly recognized her. Mm-hmm. And now he's like, his entire face turns like red the first <laughs> second he sees her. Right? Yeah, if anyone looks hardly recognizable now, it's Wentworth. Uh, okay, so she does have, she had this little advantage of him, but still, however, she has a lot to feel seeing Wentworth so overcome, and just seeing him in general, right? Yeah, just seeing him in the flesh. Uh, agitation, pain, pleasure, uh, something between delight and misery. And I think this speaks more to that sort of dichotomy. The delight is emotion, mm-hmm. and the misery is logic, kind of. Mm. I feel like the misery is like, oh shit, I'm still, I'm still like madly in love with this guy, right? Yeah. And the delight is like... Yes, I'm still yeah, in love with yeah, this guy. Yeah, I'm still in love with him. And like... <laughs> Maybe he's in love with me, mm-hmm. which is like that's honestly like that the logical side that is the thought that it was fighting the most that maybe Wentworth is still in love with me. That was the the thought that it was like that's absolutely wrong, right? Right, right. Well, we'll see how that plays out. Okay, so it goes on. Wentworth spoke to her and then turned away. The character of his manner was embarrassment. She could not have. She could not have called it either cold or friendly, or anything so certainly as embarrassed. Hmm. Cold or friendly is a direct callback to the uh, the sort of like cold uh, politeness that he treats her with That's right, at yeah. Upper Cross, right? Mm-hmm. So now it's like he like speaks to her a little bit and then turns away, and she is like. And she Anne is like, I know that's not because he's just being, like, distant and kind of icy right now. It's because he is, like, super embarrassed and doesn't know what to say, right? Yeah. And Anne, as we know, is good at judging characters. So she knows that it's not because he... he it's not because he even wants to act icy or, um, you know, like, baseline friendly towards her. Like, he is actually, like... He needs to, like regain control of himself in order to speak to her. Well, she's already seen how he's acted when he is cold and polite, and it's yeah. not this. Mm-mm. After a short interval, however, he came towards her and spoke again. Mutual inquiries on common subjects passed. Okay, so he had to take a moment to steal himself, and now he's back. Mutual inquiries on common subjects passed. Neither of them, probably, much the wiser for what they heard. And Anne continuing fully sensible of his being less at ease than formerly. Why are they not the wiser for what they told each other? Um... What is? What do you mean by that? Okay, it says, uh, subjects passed, neither of them probably much the wiser for what they heard. Oh, just mutual. Oh, as in, like, they're not talking about the elephant in the room of, like, Wentworth not being engaged, really. I think they're making, like, small talk, kind of, yeah, yeah. but, uh, they are not really thinking so much about the literal words themselves, right? As yeah, much as yeah. the fact that we're talking right now. Right. It, yeah, like, they're not really speaking anything important right now. 
Or even, like, maybe fully listening. Or even yeah. fully listening, yeah. Okay, and Anne is fully sensible that he is less at ease than formerly. This is a different Wentworth. Uh, they had, by dint of being so very much together, got to speak to each other with a considerable portion of apparent indifference and calmness, but he could not do it now. Time had changed him, or Louisa had changed him, there was consciousness of some sort or other. He looked very well, not as if he had been suffering in health or spirits. And he talked of Uppercross, of the Musgroves, nay, even of Louisa, and had a, had even a momentary look of his own arch significance, as he named her. But yet he was Captain Wentworth, not comfortable, not easy, not able to feign that he was. Hmm. Okay, um... Well, I love this. Time had changed him or Louisa had changed him. <laughs> what is the big, like, difference, I guess, in this new, uh, in the situation of Wentworth and Anne right now, I guess? Like, and maybe this is part of the reason why he is not so at ease. Um, well, because, well, what do you, well, why? What do you think? I think it's like he is... I mean, on one level, it's because he is in love with Anne now, right? Or, like, right. acknowledges it to himself. So it's a totally different situation than how he first encountered her. Mm -hmm. But now I guess it's also he's free, like... Yeah. He's free, and I think it's like they both have this understanding that... Um, well, it's like... Yeah, it's like... Like, they both have this understanding that they don't have um the this like f this fake flirtation with louisa uh -huh. to distance themselves right now. yeah but like that, to your point essentially like he's he's single now he's uh -huh. not attached to anyone um but it's also funny that like you know let's not forget why it is that <laughs> why it is that this uh flirtation is this um um no longer is happening is because wentworth almost killed her <laughs> <laughs> well it's very much true louisa changed him and I think it made Wentworth realize, like, you know, in a perverse way, the value of Anne and, like, the value of someone who, uh, or, you know, Louisa was a glimpse, like, he was, like, flirting with this, like, high-spirited young woman, and then she almost died, like, in his hands, right? Mm -hmm. And that was, like, kind of a shocker, a wake-up moment for Wentworth to be like, that's not the type of, like, relationship I should be going after, right? Right. Yeah, also to your point earlier, when he was, um, first talking to, um, what was it, Mrs. Croft about the kind of woman that he wanted to marry, he's like, anyone between 15 and 30 who appreciates the military, the uh, Navy, and can smile is good enough for me. And it's like, that ego, that, like, bravo, what's it called? Bra bra bravissimo. Bravi bra bravado, bravissimo. Bravado, bravado, bravado. That bravado yeah. is gone. Uh-huh. It's like, and then, yeah, like, to basically, to your point, like, he now knows there's only one type of woman. There's only one woman that he actually wants to marry. Yeah. And it's Anne. He says, like, I'm ready to make a foolish decision, Exactly, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And guess what? Uh, he did. Yeah, yeah, well, he almost got stuck <laughs> in one. He yeah, almost made yeah. a really uh -huh, foolish yeah, decision. Yeah. Or rather, like, the decision was kind of almost made for him because he was being foolish. Mm -hmm. um, but well, yeah, like, now he knows. It's funny. It's like, now he knows there's, like, more at date. Yeah, I think that's what it says, what it means when it says there was a consciousness of some sort or other. Mm -hmm. Like, he, not only, like, does he have, like, certain information now, but I think he is, like, 
he has grown as a person, kind of, right? Yeah. There's, like, a new consciousness about the way that he behaves. Yeah, the irony of that. It's, like, he just... I mean, the funny thing is, yeah, he starts out on top of the world because he's been promoted to this, like, you know, very high-ranking, um, respectable position in the military. And now, I think, is when he actually has gained, like, real, like... Um, like, gain a real lesson in life. Uh-huh. Like, gain real experience in life. I mean, I think it's fair to say. It's just, it's like, that sort of classic, like, Rochester journey in Jane Eyre <laughs> is like, you know, <laughs> like, these, like, exciting men, we can love them, but they gotta be cut down a little bit, right? Yeah. yeah they need to be humiliated. Well, like, humbled a little bit, right? They need to be, it, yeah, humble, uh, taking a step down. They need to recognize their own insignificance, yeah. to put, as Mr. Bennett would put it. <laughs> <laughs> to learn a little bit, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, well, it says, okay, so he did not look like as if he had been suffering in health or spirits, right? So I think this is, like, evidence for Anne that he is not so upset about Louisa marrying Benick. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it was also, like, he looked very well, not as if he'd been suffering in health or spirits. Mm-hmm. I think it's, like, you know, earlier, it's definitely different from the beginning of the book where um Wentworth looked like he hadn't been changed at all Mm. or or he hadn't changed at all and here it's like he has or maybe he had changed but like he's only gotten more like magnificent in the eight years he's been gone but here it's like he has changed like not for the worse but something that like maybe like rounded him out a little more right it's a consciousness that's why it says he looked very well it's like he it's not like he looks haggard this experience is not like I don't know. It hasn't depressed him because that's kind of, it's kind of what he wanted with Louisa to marry Bennick, right? Mm-hmm. It kind of worked out still. Yeah. Uh, and he could even talk of Uppercross, the Musgroves, and even Louisa as if, like, it was nothing. Maybe he has just a little uh, look of art significance as he mentions her, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but despite him looking well, he was still, it's still obvious that he is, uh... A little uncomfortable or a little like squirming in this situation right yeah and why do you well i think maybe it's just because like this is not how if he really came here for and this was not how he imagined like first approaching her again right right to have the uh, disadvantage first yeah yeah yeah, to, yeah and i think that's good like that's good for wentworth's journey is he needs this shouldn't be wentworth riding in on like a stallion to sweep Anne off her feet right it mm-hmm. should be the, the embarrassed Wentworth, the caught-off-guard Wentworth, right? Yeah, uh, the Wentworth, yeah, like you said, taking down a peg. Okay. It did not surprise, but it grieved Anne to observe that Elizabeth would not know him. Mm. She saw that he saw Elizabeth, that Elizabeth saw him, that there was complete internal recognition on each side. She was convinced that he was ready to be acknowledged as an acquaintance, expecting it. And she had the pain of seeing her sister turn away with unalterable coldness. So this is what's called cutting. Mm. Elizabeth cuts Mr. Uh, Captain Wentworth, rather. Yeah. Wentworth sees Elizabeth. Like, it's obvious. Oh, we know each other. They uh, Anne sees it on both their, their sides. <laughs> Wentworth's, like, sticking out his hand, ready to be uh, acknowledged as an acquaintance, right? Yeah. And Elizabeth's just, like, you know, like the mean girl in high school or whatever, turns away, like, I don't know you, yeah. right? You're below me. She leaves yeah. him hanging, uh-huh. <laughs> basically. Yeah, I mean, no surprise there. Elizabeth is... Because remember, Elizabeth is the only sister who knows about Anne and Wentworth's first um, 
summer flings right. flirtation all those years ago. Well, I think this is really just like Elizabeth is like, you know, here I am. I'm cult. I'm climbing the ranks. I'm friends with the Dalrymples. Like, I can't be seen associated <laughs> with this soldier, right? Yeah, He's, I'm waiting yeah. for Lady Dalrymple's carriage to take me away. Uh, I cannot be seen hanging about with the rabble. Rabble. He is below my level. And why? Like, this, like, specific action. I feel like it conjures kind of like the past rejection of Wentworth, probably, because that was one of the objections. Like, if the family had objections against him, it's be, it would be that he's not, like, on their same level, right? That's right. And it's even, like, um, yeah, it also goes to show, like, despite how high up he himself has climbed mm -hmm. um, through other means, through the military, like, he is still um, not going to be accepted by the Elliots. By the Elliots, yeah. And like you said, it is it is like a, a reminder to us, the readers also, like, don't forget, like, this is actually the main issue at hand is um, that even if Anne has changed, even if Wentworth has changed, even if their relationship has changed, like, the people around them, specifically the Elliots, they have not they changed. They have not changed, yeah. <laughs> to them, it's like Wentworth is the same Wentworth who... Uh, is just a lowly soldier. Yeah, a sailor. One a lowly of those sailor. Odd looking men who I hear are sailors, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, all right. Lady Dalrymple's carriage, for which Miss Elliot was growing very impatient, I bet she is, now drew up. The servant came in to announce it. It was beginning to rain again, and altogether there was a delay and a bustle and a talking, which must make all the little crowd in the shop understand that Lady Dalrymple was calling to convey Miss Elliot. Ha. Duh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah uh -huh. so, like, this is, like, in, in Elizabeth's mind, she's gonna be, like, perfect. Everyone in this shop knows why this carriage is here. It's pick right. me up. Yeah, yeah. Me. Uh -huh. <laughs> and that's just another reason that she's not going to acknowledge Wentworth in this moment. She's like, this is a moment, you know, don't ruin this. This is a moment of triumph for me. Actually, yeah, you're yeah, right. Uh -huh. Yeah, in, the, in that moment, the funnily enough, like, for us, it's like, wow, Elizabeth's being kind of a, a B-word here. Yeah. But in Elizabeth's mind, she's probably, like, freaking out, like, being like, no one here can know that I know Wentworth. Yeah, you know? Like, yeah. to her, that is her turmoil. Uh, is like, making... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's like making sure that she is associated with the right people. Right. God forbid Lady Dalrymple should see her, like, through the window <laughs> talking to Wentworth or something. Right. right? Acknowledging him as an acquaintance. <laughs> uh, the horror. <laughs> <laughs> okay. At last, Miss Elliot and her friend, Mrs. Clay, unattended but by the servant, for there was no cousin returned, were walking off. So, Mr. Elliot hasn't returned yet mm -hmm. from his little errand. And Captain Wentworth, watching them, turned again to Anne, and by manner, rather than words, was offering his services to her. His services meaning what? To walk her out. He's gonna, you know, conduct, convey yeah. her to the carriage or whatever, He, right? he probably, uh, like, like took, it's like, what is it, like, stuck his, offered her his arm, uh -huh. and, with, like, silently. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's classic Wentworth is, uh... You know, like, doing, like, being gallant in the most, like, understated and classy way possible, right? That's right, yeah. yeah. yeah without calling attention to it. Right. Yeah. Like, that's the one saving grace of Wentworth, is that for all of his bravado earlier in the chapters, mm -hmm. like, he is actually a very gentlemanly man, you know? That, that's, he is truly gallant versus, like, a Mr. Elliot who I don't think, you know, if he, of course he would still offer to convey Anne, but it would be in a much different manner, right? Right, he wouldn't do it from his heart. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll read Anne. I am much obliged to you, was her answer, but I am not going with them. The carriage could not, sorry, the carriage would not accommodate so many. I walk. I prefer walking. And Wentworth says, but it rains. Oh, very little. Nothing that I regard. 
After a moment's pause, he said, Though I came only yesterday, I have equipped myself properly for bath already, you see, pointing to a new umbrella. <laughs> I wish you would make use of it if you are determined to walk, the umbrella that is. Though I think it would be more prudent to let me get you a chair. Okay. <laughs> Do you want to, is there a note on the yeah, chair on your chair book? Is it's like, um, it's like a sedan chair. So it's like those chairs where it's like a box and two men carry it. Carry it, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like a tra- it's like a traveling chair. Uh, I actually, I love this. This is, so Wentworth is being so, so gentlemanly and gallant here, you know. I just bought this new umbrella like any good bath, bathian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I wish, if you're going to walk, use it. If you're going to walk, I wish you would use it. Otherwise, let me get you a, a chair, right? Mm-hmm. Let me get you something to convey you. Yeah, I like this after a moment's pause. Mm-hmm. Like, what was he thinking in that moment, do you think? After she says, I prefer to walk. He's probably, do you think he's thinking, like, how do I make it so that I get to talk to her more? <laughs> mm-hmm. I think he's thinking, like, it, it, would it be right for me to ask you to walk with me, maybe? Ah, you're right. Because he doesn't ask that directly. He's like, should I ask her? And he's like, maybe it's too soon. So he offers either, you can take my umbrella or I'll get you, like, a cab or something, right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, he maybe he, like you said, thought about walking her home, but then he settles for offering him Mm. her his umbrella it's not the right moment right and if she takes her umbrella maybe there is a potential for meeting again at some point that's right she's gonna have to bring the umbrella back Mm. so 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 cute okay would you like to keep reading okay she was very much obliged to him but declined it all repeating her conviction that the rain would come to nothing at present and adding i am only waiting for mr elliot he will be here in a moment i am sure she had hardly spoken the words when Mr. Elliot walked in. Captain Wentworth recollected him perfectly. <laughs> yeah, I right, this he is did. great. I love this. Uh, there was no difference between him, Elliot, and the man who had stood on the steps at Lyme, admiring Anne as she passed, except in the air and look and manner of the privileged relation and friend. What does this sentence say? So. She says, oh, yeah, Mr. Elliot will take me. And then, like, as if on cue, Mr. Elliot emerges <laughs> through the door. Someone say my name. <laughs> and Mr. And Captain Wentworth, you know, clocks him, of course. He's like, ah, yes, Mr. Wentworth, Mr. Elliot. And it's almost like he almost gets a flashback to that moment that everyone first met Mr. Elliot when he, when Wentworth saw Mr. Elliot admiring Anne. Mm-hmm. So it's like that moment is playing back in his mind. He didn't know that was Mr. Elliot. No, he didn't. Yeah, yeah. So he is, this is a double shock for him. Yeah. Like, there's that same man that was admiring her, and the only difference now is that he is, like, her relation, right? Right. And a privileged friend. That's yeah. right, that he actually gets to, like, yeah, like, he, Wentworth sees that there is a shared, um, mutual like knowledge of each other like elliot now knows Anne, and now knows elliot Uh uh-huh and well what is this what do you think is going off in wentworth's mind when he sees (laughs) this mr elliot now like this man who admired her before now coming in and like taking Anne's arm Mm, um probably sadness i think he's (laughs) sad well i got a rival or something yeah yeah Yeah. i don't even think jealousy is quite there yet i think he's again just more surprised Uh and then also just like like no! <laughs> well, and here, this is great. So now, like, this, a complete reversal is being affected. Not only does Anne have the upper hand, but look, like, now Anne's the one surrounded by admirers, That's right? right. Anne gets to uh, flaunt her flirta- flirtation uh-huh. in front of Wentworth, but Anne isn't doing that. No, no. Because Anne is better than Wentworth, still. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. 
Mr. Elliot came in with eagerness, appeared to see and think only of Anne, apologized for his stay, was grieved to have kept her waiting, and anxious to get her away without further loss of time and before the rain increased. And in another moment, they walked off together, her arm under his, a gentle and embarrassed glance, and a good morning to you, being all that she had time for as she passed away. A gentle and embarrassed glance towards Wentworth, that is, right? Mm -hmm. And a good morning to you, to Wentworth, was all Anne had time for before Mr. Elliot whisked her away. That's great. So, like, not only does Mr. Elliot get to take Anne's arm and whisk her away, Mr. Elliot doesn't even treat Wentworth like he's anything. Uh-huh. Elliot, Mr. Elliot only has eyes for he Anne. He barely, he, like, doesn't even look at Wentworth properly, right? No, he doesn't yeah. even realize Wentworth is in the room, uh-huh. which is, like, kind of even more um, insulting because it's, like, Elliot, Mr. Elliot doesn't even acknowledge Wentworth as a rival. Meanwhile, Wentworth's one and only rival here right now is Mr. Elliot. I think it's always fun just to take a moment to appreciate the tr- the shifting romantic triangles that happens in this book constantly. That's right. right yeah. And now here we get another one, kind of. Uh, well, here's yeah, the yeah, here's the real triangle. Yeah, here's the exactly. real triangle yeah, of yeah, this yeah. book. Except Anne is not interested in Elliot. No. But Elliot is he's important because like it's going to make Wentworth jealous, right? Mm-hmm. And also he's going to be, like, a barrier between Anne and Wentworth. And society, and yes, and not only that, but, like, society wants Mr. Elliot and Anne to get together. As, like, evinced in how uh, Elizabeth cut Wentworth, cuts Wentworth, right? Yeah. Like, to Elizabeth, Mr. Elliot, acceptable. He's my cousin, right? Yeah. He's Wentworth, even, yeah. He will inherit Kelly Inch. Wentworth is, don't talk to me. <laughs> don't talk to me, I don't know you, right? <laughs> Yeah, and then, I'll, yeah, like, Anne gets swept away, she gets the last word, good morning to you, and then she leaves. Well, and that's, so that's where the ten- romantic, or that's where the tension is in this triangle. It's not that Anne is actually interested in Elliot, it's that everything in society is telling her she should be with Elliot, right? Mm-hmm. Especially Lady Russell, who we know is the persuader-in-chief. Like, the persuader-in-chief. <laughs> she has already told Anne, I want you to marry Mr. Elliot, because then you can ascend your rightful place as the uh the heir of your mother right yeah i'm so curious what like like if if another book were being written like i'm so curious to like what elizabeth must be thinking about about all this like she right now is only concerned about being seen as lady dalrymple's favorite Mm -hmm. but is she seeing how much like mr elliot also favors um and over herself that's a great question um it's I like, mean, we don't really know, yeah. Yeah, because that would be that much more mortifying for Elizabeth. The ultimate irony for Elizabeth would be that Mr. Elliot marries a, a daughter of Sir Walter, but it would be Anne. Uh-huh. Only Anne, you know, plain right. Jane yeah, Anne. Yeah, that's gotta, I'm sure that would annoy Elizabeth like nothing else. Yeah. We don't really know. Like, Anne does suspect a few chapters back that Elliot is here for Elizabeth. Right. But that's got, that's out the window now. No one talks about that anymore. Right. right? That yeah. barely even was a thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, the only the, thing that came out of that is that Elizabeth was like embarrassed. And it also has that line, that kind of confusing line where it's like, you know, since Miss Elliot was the mistress of the house, like, there was no room for a particularity of attention from Mr. Elliot, right? Mm-hmm. So basically, I don't think Mr. Elliot was ever flirting with Elizabeth in a marked way, it seems like. He was just being gallant to her as the mistress of the house, maybe. That's right. But, like, maybe that's all, like, Elizabeth would expect from someone. Like, she herself has never had this, like, 
life-changing romance, uh-huh. you know? I don't even know if Elizabeth is capable of feeling a life-changing romance. So, like, to her, like, that's it. Like, maybe maybe that is what constitutes um, a, a good marriage, you know? It's just two, you know, two people of the same social standing mm-hmm. getting married. I think Elizabeth is probably more concerned with Lady Dalrymple at this point. And I think it's probably fair to say Elizabeth is happier than she's ever been. Remember all the way back in the first chapter, it talks about like how eight years of of frost has passed her by, like, you Mm -hmm. know, doing the same exact things, having the same conversations, going to the same like balls in her neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden here she is in this city where she's like a queen bee. She's hanging out with the Viscountess. She's going all to these, all these parties and stuff, right? That's true. She is actually living her best life right now. Maybe she's like, I don't know, Mr. Elliot would just be like a bonus prize at this <laughs> point. But she's like, I am, ah, finally. Like, I'm getting the recognition I deserve, right? That's right. Yeah. We see Elizabeth's motivations um, in her uh, ascension to, like, in her, like, social ascension with Lady Dalrymple. Mm. We, we don't see any her, anything of hers... We don't see her feel strongly in any kind of way towards Mr. Elliot's return. Not really. No. Other than the fact that she thought that his excuse was kind of like a paltry one. Remember when he was trying to like make amends with Sir Walter and his excuse was like, oh, well, you know, that woman was in love with me. How Uh can I say no? And Sir Walter was like, that makes sense. But then Elizabeth was like grumbling maybe. It was a little harder to get Elizabeth's forgiveness there, right? Yeah. I do think if Mr. Elliot really did marry... Uh, and Elizabeth would never get over it. It would be, like, the insult of all insults, yeah, right? Yeah, uh, Elizabeth was also, you know, mistress of Kellyanch for all these years, yeah, and then yeah. all of a sudden it gets taken away from her by her younger, uglier daughter, uh, uh, uglier uh, sister. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Anyway. <laughs> that's a great question, though. What is Elizabeth thinking? Yeah. I think that's that's the best I can come up with for an answer, is that she's just so distracted by finally, you know getting the society that she's been craving her whole adult life, that mm-hmm. maybe it's not much of a concern of hers right now. Yeah. Honestly, Lady... I mean, sorry, Lady. Elizabeth would thrive if she just had the ability to be single and a socialite in Bath. Well, I think we'll, you know, we'll see this in her ultimate fate. I feel like Elizabeth's true uh, position in life is just to be, like... To be Sir Walter's mistress, kind of. No, you know, not, like, in that sense, but, like, the mistress of Sir Walter's house, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. unfortunately. That's her punishment. <laughs> Okay, well, well, let's uh, not get too ahead of ourselves. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, you, you, would you like to continue? Okay. And here's some interesting. We get some stuff um, outside oh, yes. of yeah, yeah. Anne's POV here. It's We've not left Anne's POV in a long time in this book. Well, certainly but, not, like, like, that's true. Yeah, not even in, like, dialogue or anything. Right. Like we that. will, Wentworth is one of the few characters whose POV we will enter other than Anne. So now that he's back, we're going to jump into his. Mm-hmm. I think we go into Lady Russell's briefly, right? Right. I guess what I'm saying is, like, scenes playing out with, like, dialogue. Like, almost, like, recorded scenes happening without Anne in the room. Well, here, let's read this. Okay. I, I do really like this moment. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Anne and Mr. Elliot leave. As soon as they were out of sight, the ladies of Captain Wentworth's party began talking of them. Mm-hmm. And then one of them goes... Mr. Elliot does not dislike his cousin, I fancy. Classic <laughs> British double negative. Another one says, oh, no, that is clear enough. One can guess what will happen there. He was always with them. Half lives in the family, I believe. What a very good-looking man. Yes, and Miss Atkinson, who dined with him once at the Wallaces. Oh, the Wallaces. 
says he is the most agreeable man she ever was in company with. Mm -hmm. I imagine it doesn't, there are no tags on the, these dialogues, but I think these are all like different ladies saying this, so, right? Yeah. Okay. It's not important. The ladies aren't uh -huh. important. Because then another says, she is pretty, I think, Anne Elliot. Very pretty when one comes to look at her. It is not the fashion to say so, but I confess I admire her more than her sister. Oh, so do I. And so do I. No comparison. But the men are all wild after Miss Elliot. Anne is too delicate for them. Interesting. There's another interesting little hint that maybe uh, Miss Elliot has been fielding attentions from a couple gentlemen, like at all these parties at the Dalrymples. That's right. right. Elizabeth uh, actually might be, like, you know, filling out her dance card herself. It's just funny because it's like. She, unfortunately, like, it's like the, you know, we've talked about this before, but the blessing of her being the daughter of a, um, um, a, uh, baron, baron, baronet, baronet, right? sorry, yeah, yeah. is that he, she herself will never think anyone is good enough for her, mm -hmm. even if she has eligible matches, like, no, she she herself thinks no one will be able to um, be worthy of herself. Other than the heir of her father, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but this this is a great, this is like a, it's a very cinematic scene. So it's like, if this were a movie, imagine like the camera, you know, watches Anne and Mr. Elliot leave and then pans back and like all these ladies are like gossiping about them, yeah, right? Yeah. But what is this scene? And you know, there's Wentworth standing in the middle of them. I can imagine Wentworth is like, you know, like he's he he's like maybe tuning them out a little bit. You can hear like maybe like the ringing in his ears uh, of his like you know, you know paranoia and like not paranoia but like just watching those two like hand in hand going out the door. Like he's just so hyper focused on them, he can barely even hear the ladies around him. Well, that's what I was gonna ask you. What is the purpose of this this little moment here? Well, I think it's like to establish like Anne Elliot has you know taken the stage so right she she is the talk of town uh -huh. even you know people even like her more than elizabeth yeah yeah it's not the fashion to say so but i think anne is prettier when one comes to look at her right <laughs> well it, it's not fashion to say so but that they admire her more than her uh -huh. sister and it's because i guess she's uh more delicate i guess she's like maybe more soft-spoken or i think she has like a stronger character elizabeth's more like flash right yeah yeah and you know anne is more genuine that's true. But I, I think, like, this is just, it's more of, you know, Wentworth should be listening to this and, like, getting more and more jealous by the second. Oh, <laughs> right? yeah. yeah. Getting yeah, more yeah. and more jealous, maybe getting more and more panicked that, like, you know, everyone else is also uh, noticing Anne now. And, of course, this is, it's such, you know, this is poetic justice in play, in action here. Yeah. Because Anne had, had to do the same thing, like sit around listening to everyone gossiping about who Wentworth's gonna get with, right? That's right. And now he has to suffer through the same thing. That's true, yeah. Come, we've come full circle. Uh, and he, he deserves it. He mm -hmm. deserves no less. Well, you know the thing about tables. They turn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, so I think this is just a little bit, oh, you know, it's a very fun scene. It's like a little, a little bit of like the Greek chorus for a second here. <laughs> it's showing us that people are seeing and noticing Anne, and Anne is like, you know, without even trying, becoming a member of society. That's right. She doesn't have to put on airs. Uh -huh. She didn't have to, like, go to, you know, uh, I don't know, manners school like Mr. Elliot uh -huh. did. Like, yeah, she is just being her genuine self, and people are finally, like, noticing it. Also, but it's also a little bit of flagellation. Or, like, you know, it's a little bit of punishment for uh, Wentworth. Definitely. Like, now you gotta, now you gotta be the one listening about your, the person you love getting <laughs> gossiped about being with other people, right? Mm-hmm. Anne would have been... Okay, so now we've left that scene. Yeah, yeah. 
and would have been particularly obliged to her cousin if he would have walked by her side by side all the way to Camden Place without saying a word. Mm -hmm. She had never found it so difficult to listen to him, though nothing could exceed his solicitude and care, and though his subjects were principally such as were wont to be always interesting, praise, warm, just, and discriminating of Lady Russell, and insinuations highly rational against Mrs. Clay. He knows what she wants to hear. Yeah, yeah. how great Lady Russell uh-huh. is and how horrible Mrs. Clay is. I feel like it just rings kind of like hollow to me. It's yeah. like he has found, you know, he's discovered these two topics that him and Anne agree on, and so that's he's going to con- constantly come back to those, right? Mm-hmm. And, we, we've met yeah. people like that. And Anne is kind of just like, I wish you would just shut up right now so I can think about Wentworth, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the funniest thing. It's like... She's walking in arm in arm with every, with this man that everyone wants her to be with, mm-hmm. that is also a very eligible man yeah. that other women would want to be with, and she only has one other man in his mind, in her mind. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The man that no one wants her to be with. But just now she could only think she could think only of Captain Wentworth. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> she could not understand his present feelings, whether he were really suffering much from disappointment or not. I'm guessing with the Louisa. With Louisa, yeah. yeah. But till that point were settled, she could not be quite herself. Come on, Anne. We know after that whole performance. Like, the, it seemed like the only time he was the most, like, confident was when he was mentioning Louisa and Assured, right? That's right. I feel like it's because, like, woof, that, at least that's not a barrier anymore, right? Yeah, I can uh-huh. say her name now without her, like, appearing by my side. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and we, she also got the confirmation from Admiral Croft last chapter. Mm-hmm. She just can't let herself think it. Well, I think that's more of that logic versus emotion. The logic, even though it's kind of false logic at this point, is like, you know, you don't know yet, don't, like, let yourself get carried away, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, well, this, yeah, this next part kind of, uh, says it all. She hoped to be wise and reasonable in time. Mm-hmm. But alas, alas! She must confess to herself that she was not wise yet. Yeah. Well, what does that mean? I think wise is a, Anne's way of saying over Wentworth, right? Mm-hmm. She hoped, she's been trying for eight years to convince herself that she's not. Mm-hmm. But he, I guess she's still stupid, uh, alas, you know. Yeah, this like. Is, these are her own, like, terminology, her own words. Mm-hmm. And that's well, why, yeah, go ahead. Well, yeah, like, here I think is the first first time she's admitted to herself like fully like he's she's like i'm still in love with Wentworth. Mm-hmm. it's a very interesting inter- like internal struggle for Anne, and i feel like this is like one of the the only place i've really seen this like this kind of idea explored of like the person who is still like pining for a relationship for the past but at the same time they're constantly telling themselves to get over it it's all an internal struggle for Anne. Mm-hmm. yeah and I think this is the first time where she's finally kind of kind of letting go of the logic part of uh, herself. And she's saying, like, like you know, I, it's, it's, it's pointless. Like, yes, after eight years, I am still not over him. Yeah. Well, it's crazy. Like, she was, you know, up until very recently, she was, like, it was not off base to say it's never happening with Wentworth. Like, just look at the way that he's acting, right? Mm-hmm. But now it's, like circumstances have thrown that into topsy-turvy. Yeah. Cir- circumstances are actually starting to tell her that he's into you. He's in yeah. love with you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Real logic. Yeah. Real logic would tell her that. Real logic is telling her that Wentworth is in love uh, with her. But how are you... Yeah, go ahead. But yeah, but how, like, yeah, how do you even let yourself begin to feel that? How do you, like, come around to the fact that it seems like he's in love with me again after, after like, having watched him 
like, a few months ago flirt with, like, two women in front of you, right? <laughs> right. So like, maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe that's why Anne is, like, having a hard time, like, accepting it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, it's also, like, self-protection, too. We've said in the past, like, what if I open my heart to Wentworth again and, like, it all just, like, comes crumbling down once more? Yeah, she, she's, yeah, like, she's, why, she is, um, what is, what should I say? She is not quote-unquote wise enough to uh, fully um, disavow Wentworth, but she is still, like, smart enough to, like, not let herself um, be hurt again. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've made this point two million times, but this is why this Anne is so much more interesting (laughs) than the Anne of the movie, which is just, like, I'm not over him and nothing anyone can say can make me. It's much more, like, that is this Anne of the book, but, you know, the argument she's having is not with other people, it's with herself. It's like, I'm not over Wentworth, but I keep telling myself I am, right? Right. And you can listen to our whole review (laughs) on Patreon. Um, Okay. Another circumstance, very essential for her to know, was how long he meant to be in Bath. Mm -hmm. He had not mentioned it. Or she could not recollect it. <laughs> it was all haze. Yeah, I was yeah. just so I was just so blinded by the beauty of him walking through the door. He might be only passing through, but it was more probable that he should be come to stay. Mm-hmm. In that case, so liable as everybody was to meet everybody in Bath, Lady Russell would in all likelihood see him somewhere. Mm-hmm. Would she recollect him? How would it all be? Mm-hmm. So now it's like, oh gosh. Now I got to think about if, if, so if he is staying for a long time, then no doubt he's going to run across, come across Lady Russell. And uh-huh. how's that showdown going to happen? Yeah, yeah. Are they going to go out guns blazing? <laughs> <laughs> she had already been obliged to tell Lady Russell that Louisa Musgrove was to marry Captain Bennick. I wonder how that conversation mm. went. It had cost her something to encounter Lady Russell's surprise. And now, if she were by any chance to be thrown in company into company with Captain Wentworth, her imperfect knowledge of the matter might add another shade of prejudice against him. Ooh. It's hard to say, but what do you think Lady As- like Lady Russell's reaction to this news of Louisa and Bennick might be? Or, like, the thought that she has on hearing this? Well, she probably thinks it's super indecorous, you know? Uh-huh. It's all, like, Bennett, uh, Wentworth, you know, knocks her head, yeah. up, and then she goes and marries another, another captain. Another man, yeah, another yeah. captain. I'm sure she thinks that's incredibly scandalous, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it kind of is scandalous, uh-huh. I imagine. Yeah, come on. Yeah, oh yeah, it's scandalous. <laughs> well, fortunately, the Musgroves don't really care. It's just like, well, you know, she likes Spenick now, whatever. <laughs> but Lady Russell cares, right? Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, and well, she's just worried, like, what is Lady Russell going to do with Wentworth? She, like, already doesn't like him. Now she's got this extra, like, prejudice in her head. She doesn't even know the full circumstances, right? The extra ammo. Uh-huh. She, yeah, if anything, Anne has just given Lady Russell more reason to hate Wentworth. Right. It's like, not only has she conked this poor girl on the head, he didn't even have the decency to marry her. <laughs> The following morning, Anne was out with her friend, Lady Russell, mm-hmm. and for the first hour, in an incessant and fearful sort of watch for him in vain. Mm. So, yeah, this is funny, like, uh, I don't know, this, this, you know, friendship between Anne and Lady Russell is very interesting. Like, Anne shouldn't have to feel this way, you know? If if Lady Russell were a real friend, like, Anne shouldn't have to think about these kinds of things. Right. Lady Russell's like her surrogate mother, though, Yeah. You know? She's not really a friend. She's like, you said, a, a surrogate mother. You can't, she can't throw off Lady Russell. Like, up until now, basically, Lady Russell was Anne's only, like, ally in life, right? That's true. 
I, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, but at last, in returning down Pultani Street, she distinguished him on the right-hand pavement at such a distance as to have him in view the greater part of the street. Uh-huh. So if Anne was worrying about what's going to happen between Lady Russell and Wentworth when they see each other, the time has arrived. Here he comes, and she's got to watch him coming up for a long way. It's another instance of her seeing him first. Mm. There were many other men about him, as usual. Many groups walking the same way, but there was no mistaking him. Mm-hmm. She looked instinctively at Lady Russell, but not from any mad idea of her recognizing him so soon as she did herself. Yeah. <laughs> mad idea. <laughs> No, it was not to be supposed that Lady Russell would perceive him till they were nearly opposite. Because Lady Russell hasn't seen Wentworth in eight years. Right. So it yeah, wouldn't yeah. make any sense for her to like immediately like see him out of a crowd. Absolutely. She looked at her, and looked at her, however, from time to time, anxiously. And when the moment approached, which must point him out, though not daring to look again, for her own countenance she knew was unfit to be seen, <laughs> Gosh, I'm like sweating through her yeah, petticoats. Yeah. She was yet perfectly conscious of Lady Russell's eyes being turned exactly in the direction for him, of her being, in short, intently observing him. She could thoroughly comprehend the sort of fascination he must possess over Lady Russell's mind, mm-hmm. the difficulty it must be for Lady Russell to withdraw her eyes, the astonishment she must be feeling that eight or nine years should have passed over him, and in foreign climes and in active service too, without robbing him of one personal grace. <laughs> I think this is Anne's thinking. Of course, <laughs> right. of course. She's like, oh no, she's gonna see Lady Lady Russell's gonna see him, and she's gonna notice what I've noticed, which is that nine years have passed, and he looks as beautiful yeah, as ever. He's hotter than ever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, more just like this chapter is chock full of them, like the Austin's ability to like take these like momentary glances, these looks of a second, and wring so much drama out of them. Mm-hmm. Well, in this case, it's not even just, like, one glance. It's so, like... It's the suspense, it's right? It's the suspense. Yeah, yeah. It's the and looking at Lady Russell, seeing Wentworth, seeing Lady Russell look at Wentworth, but then also not herself being able to look at Wentworth uh-huh. because she herself is too... She's, she's having a heart attack yeah, right now, yeah. so she's just like, but she knows that Lady Russell has now clocked Wentworth across the street and is now intently staring in his direction, so she must see him and he must see her, mm-hmm. and, 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 and so, of course, in Anne's mind, she's thinking, like, Lady Russell must have noticed that he, like you said, is looking hotter than ever. Well, and it's also that she's gonna recognize him because he, it's not like he has been, like, you know, weather beaten by these nine years. He looks, like, almost the same. She's gonna recognize who he is. Yeah, if not better. Uh-huh. At last, Lady Russell drew back her head. Now, how would she speak of him? Mm-hmm. Okay, here, I'll read Lady Russell. You will wonder, said she... What has been fixing my eye so long? But I was looking after some window curtains, which Lady Alicia and Mrs. Franklin were telling me of last night. They described the drawing room curtain, drawing room window curtains of one of the houses on this side of the way, and this part of the street, as being the handsomest and best hung in any of Bath. But I could not recollect the exact number, like the address, and I have been trying to find out which it could be. But I confess, I can see no curtains hereabout that answer my description and that answered their description. So this is Lady Russell's 
reason. Mm-hmm. Unprompted. Unprompted. You you mentioned this before the podcast, Grace, but Lady Russell broaches this subject herself. So yeah. Like, and you may be wondering what I was looking at for so long on the other side of the street, right? <laughs> and it's because I was looking for this curtain shop. That, no, no, sorry. Specifically, curtains on curtains. someone's window. Oh, yeah. sorry, sorry. The drawing room window curtains of this one house, right? Right, I uh-huh. completely misread that until just now. I thought she was looking for a shop, but yes, she says she's looking inside the house, like a, a person's private residence. Or like at windows, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. looking for a specific window curtain in their drawing room. That, this Mrs. Franklin and Lady Alicia told her were the nicest in all of Bath. And, uh, you know, she couldn't find it. Uh-huh. I feel like, okay, well, here's the big question. Is Lady Russell telling the truth? Did she really see Wentworth or what? I think everything points to Lady Russell ha- seeing him. I think, and you made a good point. Why would she just like volunteer? You may have been no- like you may have been noticing that I was looking this way a long time. Like, why even like come up with this? Like, tell this whole story, even if it is true, right? Right. Because it's not like maybe if she was like, and there they are, and there are those nice curtains, <laughs> right? It would have been like, okay, maybe this excuse is true. But she's like, oh, I didn't even see them, right? It would be quite the coincidence where they, if they were walking down talking about nothing in particular, and then this thing happens where they cross, you know, paths, not cross paths, but walk um, past this person who, like, you know, broke Anne's heart eight mm-hmm. years ago. Right, that Lady Russell disapproved of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the first thing she pipes up is this, like, monologue about looking for some window curtains, and I don't know, it's... And it just so happened in, like, Anne knows, Anne registers Lady Russell staring at Wentworth's direction. Uh, Like, staring at him. Not, like, looking one way and then turning away. Like, straight up staring in his direction. And then they walk past him. And then she says, you may be wondering why I was staring in that direction. mm, It's because of the window curtains. It's because of, I thought there might be some window curtains here, but there weren't. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I think, I feel like also even the nature of the, the excuse is kind of like telling like curtains, like hiding something. Right? Oh, maybe. Yeah. The metaphor (laughs) of it all. Yeah, yeah. The curtains are a metaphor. (laughs) Um... I, there seems to be some academic debate over whether she really sees it or not, but I think that she saw Wentworth, right? The thing is, if she saw Wentworth and decided instead to talk to, tell a blatant lie, that's kind of shitty. That's kind of, in like, indecorous of Lady Russell. I think it's Lady Russell's... If she really did see Wentworth, she would be having the crisis in her head of what is more indecorous, to talk about Uh, him or to come up with some flimsy excuse. And I think uh, you could, maybe in Lady Russell's thinking, which is that, you know, prioritizing, like, decorum over honesty in some cases, maybe... It would be better just to say, like, come up with some flimsy excuse. I guess so. What were we gonna say? Well, the thing is, it's like, why would she say anything at all? Why couldn't she just say nothing? So that's what makes me think, like, maybe Lady Russell felt the need to come up with an excuse, Uh which is... It's one of those things where it's like, you know, you kind of just live in your own world and you don't realize it. Like, Anne is thinking Lady Russell probably sees him and thinks he hasn't changed at all. But, like, maybe Lady Russell's mind, she's thinking in her head, like... 
oh, there's Wentworth. I better say something now so it doesn't look like that I saw him. Uh, so it's just like all of these things that are going on in your... Maybe Lady Russell doesn't even know that Anne saw him because she is like not, you know, she sees uh, him from a distance, but when they come close, she is like constantly checking Lady yeah. Russell's view. Like maybe, I don't know. And then yeah, Who in knows? that moment, yeah, Lady yeah. Russell's like, oh wow, maybe I'm being kind of cold. Maybe I, I haven't spoken in, in quite a while. Uh, I wonder right. if Anne's getting suspicious. I should just say something. And maybe I see Anne looking at my view. Yeah, right? yeah. that's the brilliant of Austin it's just she's such a good she's such a good she just like hones into like how like the imperfections of humans like mm. we're also caught up in our own worlds and then as a result we behave really oddly sometimes I think regardless of what we think and I've made clear what I think is going on uh, there's a purposeful ambiguity here a little bit mm-hmm and that's great it's, dr- uh-huh. it's a it's great for dramatic effect yeah yeah because it leaves you wondering like did Lady Russell see him right you know like was this all a build-up to nothing, uh, or was this actually a build-up to something? Right. Yeah. And well, uh, Yeah, yeah. I like to think, I do think from everything we know of Lady Russell, that this is how she would react in this situation. Mm-hmm. Like, she would come up with the flimsy excuse, pretend that she didn't see him. Yeah. Which I guess is a little better than what Elizabeth did. Which is, which to, is just cut him, well, which right? Which is to, to see him. Yeah, to very noticeably cut him. To yeah. see him, to basically, like, mentally say, I see you, and yeah. then look away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. It says, yeah, would you like to read that? Yeah, okay. Anne sighed and blushed and smiled in pity and disdain either at her friend or herself. Mm. Well, that's a very confusing sentence. <laughs> well, okay. She sighed, blushed, and smiled in pity and disdain. So this pity and disdain is uh, directed either at Lady Russell or herself. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go through both situations. If it's at herself, why? If she is, if she is, uh... Pitying and disdaining herself. Yeah. She's, she's probably thinking like, ugh, like, you know, like, like, why am I being so stupid right now? Again, like, I'm in my own bubble, like, no one else notices Wentworth except me, and it's like, I'm all caught up for no reason, and of course Lady Russell, you know, well, okay, in one, we've talked about this earlier. There's a couple, the there's like uh, three different scenarios yeah. I can think of, yeah. In one scenario, she's she would be like, of, like why would I think that Lady Russell saw her, saw him? Saw know? Wentworth, right? Yeah, yeah like, yeah. it's like, it, not everyone else's world revolves around Wentworth, it's just me. Yeah, so it's yeah. just, I'm just stuck in my own world, and I think that everyone sees Wentworth when only I see Wentworth. Uh-huh. That's one interpretation. The other interpretation of why she would pity and disdain herself is for thinking that, Lady Russell would then, I don't know, start yelling at Wentworth. Make a scene. Uh, It's like, there's Wentworth, there's that horrible man. (laughs) I think that was, like, really Anne's worst fear of them meeting, is that Lady Russell, even if she doesn't call out Wentworth, yeah, it's just gonna be like, oh man, like, look at that disdainful man, like, you know. Look at that horrible, horrible man. Let's turn away. Uh Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Or do, yeah, do the same thing that Elizabeth did, right? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. or worse, yeah, Uh yeah. Well, did you have a third one? The third one is the disdain at her friend. Oh, yes. Which is that... That Lady Russell would, of course, take this easy out in this situation, right? Mm, yeah. She would just take the easy out of pretending, like, I just didn't see... I saw no one pass right now, right? Right. She pities her friend. She pities and disdains her friend for 
uh, pretending that she didn't see him. Yeah. Because that's dishonest. And I mean, in which case, I kind of like that. In which case, it's like Anne, you know, she can still, she already knows this, but uh, still have affection for Lady Russell. And we already know that Anne can think very differently than how Lady Russell feels. Mm -hmm. But even like the sort of pity and disdain, it's like... She can acknowledge that Lady Russell sometimes uh, even acts indecorously, maybe, right? Yeah. Well, to look at someone with pity and disdain is to judge them from, like, a higher standing. Uh, so in this moment, if Anne is, in fact, disdaining and pitying Lady Russell, Anne has actually taken, like, the role of the, um, the you know, she's taken the elevated role here. Right. And she's, like, actually, like, scorning Lady Russell. Mm -hmm. um, which, again, is just more to the point of Anne you know, becoming the queen bee herself. <laughs> okay, but that's really not the... The most important part is this next sentence in the paragraph. The part which provoked Anne most was that in all this waste of foresight and caution, she should have lost the right moment for seeing whether he saw them. Mm -hmm. So, no matter what is what's happening in Lady Russell's mind or in Anne's mind, Lady, or all this stuff was distracting... And for the most important thing, which is, did Wentworth see Lady Russell? Yeah, and I think that's Anne is just kind of like, why was I so concerned with Lady Russell this whole time, right? Mm -hmm. Or like, why was I like sweating thinking Lady Russell was going to cause some sort of scene or something mm -hmm. when I should have just been thinking about Wentworth here, right? <laughs> yeah, I should have been thinking about how he would feel in this uh, situation. How he would feel, whether he sees us, and like, I think it's also like, Anne is like, realizing, like, the error of prioritizing, like, Lady Russell's feelings sometimes in situations. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe she should be prioritizing her own feelings and her own happiness, right? Yeah, yeah. It's also, I think, in a moment where Anne is just like, I mean, come on, the juiciest bit of information here is whether or not Wentworth sees Lady Russell. Yeah, exactly. Is whether or not, was like, how Wentworth is going to react to seeing Lady uh, Russell. And he, she missed the juiciest piece of gossip because she was too worried about Lady Russell's feelings. Prioritizing Lady Russell's feelings. Mm -hmm. Okay. A day or two passed without producing anything. <laughs> the theater or the rooms where he was most likely to be were not fashionable enough for the Elliots, whose evening amusements were solely in the elegant stupidity of private parties, <laughs> in which they were getting more and more engaged. Meaning, the Elliots are, they're, according to Sir Walter and Elizabeth, they are smashing successes, right? They're getting invited to more and more... Elegant little stupid parties. <laughs> stupid here just kind of means dull. Yeah. So, like, understandably, like, if you have, like, I don't know, three to five other families you're mingling with in all of Bath, and it's like, it's gonna get tedious. Yeah, you're not yeah. going to the cool parts of town. You're not going downtown. Uh -huh. <laughs> you're going to the lame part, the lame private parties. Well, we can imagine what, like, a Sir Walter conversation is. Exactly. Yeah. 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 You can only listen to Sir Walter talk about himself for so long. <laughs> and moisturizing. <laughs> <laughs> and his looking glasses. And Anne, wearied of such a state of stagnation, sick of knowing nothing, and fancying herself stronger because her strength was not tried, was quite impatient for the concert evening. Mm. So we have this concert coming up, mm -hmm. we just learned. It was a concert for the benefit of a person patronized by Lady Dalrymple. Ah, to have the esteemed patronage of <laughs> Lady Dalrymple. Of course they must attend. Of course they must attend. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It was really expected to be a good one, mm -hmm. and Captain Wentworth was very fond of music. Right. If she could only have a few minutes' conversation with him again, she fancied she should be satisfied. Mm. And as to the power of addressing him, she felt all over courage if the opportunity occurred. Right. So she's like, I'm ready. I'm ready now, yeah. 
Elizabeth had turned from him, Lady Russell overlooked him. Okay, so here. She got the two busy- biggest obstacles out of the way, right? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So, well, here, Lady Russell overlooked him. So to Anne, Anne is accepting that Lady Russell didn't see him. I, I th- overlooked him, whatever that may mean. Yeah. Yeah, like, she either didn't see him, or she just, like, lit him past and didn't think it was worth, like, making mm-hmm. a thing about, right? Mm-hmm. Like, neither of them told him to get out of town. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Her nerves were strengthened by these circumstances. She felt that she owed him attention. I mean, the worst situation might have been Lady Russell turned to Anne and be like, there's that awful man, never talk to him. <laughs> right? I right. never want him in my presence again. Yeah. Promise uh, me you'll never talk yeah, to the man. Yeah. She had once partly promised Mrs. Smith to spend the evening with her, but in a short, hurried call, she excused herself and put it off with the more decided promise of a longer visit in the morrow. So, because of this concert, it's, like, on the same date as she was supposed to visit Mrs. Smith, mm-hmm. and so she's like, ah, shit, I gotta move some sh- stuff around. Right. So she goes to Mrs. Smith earlier to be like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't make it then, but I will visit you the day right after right. the concert. Well, I actually want to go to the concert now, because yeah. I think Wentworth is going to be there, right? Right. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, yeah. By all means, said Mrs. Smith. Oh, wait, wait. I, oh, okay. Mrs. Smith gave a most good-humored acquiescence. Mm, and here it is. By all means, said she, only tell me all about it when you do come visit me. Who is your party? Like, who's going to be there, right? Anne named them all. Mrs. Smith made no reply, but when she was leaving her, said, with an expression half serious, half arch, Well, I heartily wish your concert may answer, and do not fail me tomorrow if you can come. For I begin to have a foreboding that I may not have many more visits from you. Okay, I'll just finish it off. Anne was startled and confused, but after standing in a moment's suspense, was obliged, and not sorry to be obliged, to hurry away. Mm. Okay, Okay. and that's the chapter. Yep. So Anne knows Wentworth is in Bath, and she has seen him twice, and talked to him a little bit, and her... Nerves are now steeled to have a conversation with them, to really interact, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe, like, find out all of the things that she's wondering about Wentworth's uh, mental state. That's right. She felt she owed him attention. Mm-hmm. I like that. And just, like, I don't know, this this chapter is great. So much suspense, so much, like, drama, so much, like, tension, erotic tension, even a little bit, and just these, like, tiny moments where, like, on the surface, not a lot is happening. Right, right. I think this is, it's really, like, moments like these, and Austin is so, like, effective in doing it with, like, a sort of, like, plain language that I think someone, like, a Henry James is really into, because his whole... I thought you were gonna shit on Charles Dickens. No, no, no. (laughs) I'm gonna praise Henry James instead. His whole thing, although, albeit with much more confusing language, is, like, drawing out, like, the underlying tension of seemingly, like, normal moments. Mm. And I gotta think, like, when he would read, like, these kind of scenes in Persuasion, that would be, like, you know, light bulb moments for him. Like, look what you can do with, like, these scenes where on the surface it seems like someone, people are just sitting around in a cafe, right? Mm -hmm. Look at, like, the emotional life that lives under these moments. Or Mm -hmm. even just, like, something as simple as, like, walking down a street. That's right, yeah. All of the the players at play from, like, out of simple moments. Mm-hmm. All right, well, we do end on a strangely ominous note here where Mrs. Smith seems to imply that after this party with all of these guests, uh, Miss or, um, Anne might not be so inclined to visit Mrs. Smith anymore. Well, what's the implication there? 
Oh, that she might get engaged. That you might get engaged. And who who do you think Mrs. Smith is thinking about? Um, well, we can't say. Well, we, we can't say. We can't say. Well, just based on the gossip, all that gossip we heard in the cafe. Oh, Mr. Elliot. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's another reason that gossip scene is there. It's like, this is the talk of the town, right? That's and funny. And Mr. Yeah. Elliot. Actually, yeah. that's so funny. You think the talk... Yeah, yeah. Because when Mr. Elliot first showed up... Um, it's interesting. I wonder if, like, when Mr. Elliot first showed up, um, before Anne arrived, the talk of the town was that Mr. Elliot was going to get ready to propose to Elizabeth, but then when maybe Anne showed up, the favor sister, maybe everyone's attentions then were, uh, pivoted to, oh, actually, I think it's going to be Mr. Elliot proposing to Anne mm-hmm. instead of Elizabeth. Yeah, exactly. Meanwhile, and, Elizabeth's yeah. too busy trying to, like, get into Lady Dalrymple's carriage uh, to even notice <laughs> that people are talking about this. Anne is, like, the thinking man's choice, you know, <laughs> between her and Elizabeth, <laughs> That's right. right? It uh, perhaps isn't fashionable to say, but you should prefer Anne to Elizabeth. Yeah, right. And okay. Hope, yeah. Well, hopefully when. All right, we'll, we'll see. We'll talk about it. All right, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're getting very, very close to the end here. Uh-huh, but Things so much... bubbling. Yeah, so much tension here. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, do you, want, do you have anything you'd like to add before we wrap this up? I think that's it. Um, if anyone out there, if our listeners have anything to tell us, uh, predictions maybe, or your fa- let us know if you have a favorite character, mm-hmm. or, or... Or let us know what you, th- does Lady Russell see Wentworth? What do <laughs> yeah. you think? Yeah. What do you think? Does Lady Russell see him or not see him? Um, you can let us know at secondimpressionspod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. So until the next chapter, I'm Grace. And I'm Tom. Bye. <laughs>